The following is a CA original. The mighty sound of the South, tailgating on Tiger Lane. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast. What's happening, Tiger football fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Football Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, sports columnist for the Commercial Appeal. I'm joined, as always, by Evan Barnes, our Tiger football beat writer. Tigers coming off their first win of the season, a impressive one at Navy. Um, Seth Hennigan throws for over 400 yards. The passing game gets going. Uh, The defense does a nice job stopping the triple option of Navy. And Memphis bounces back from that season-opening loss to Mississippi State, gets the win it need needed to get uh, to go to one and one for the season, one and zero in conference play, and now uh, the home opener, a later than usual home opener, awaits against Arkansas State Saturday night. Uh, the Tigers' first game in the uh, now renamed Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Um, we're going to break down the Navy game to start because it was a breakthrough, felt like a breakthrough performance, uh, for this Memphis football team. Uh, later in the episode, uh, Evan, uh, spoke with Kara Ritchie. She is a member of the Arkansas state, uh, football radio crew. Um, she'll get you prepared for Arkansas state coached by former Tennessee and Cincinnati coach, Butch Jones, obviously, gave Memphis a scare in Jonesboro last year. And, you know, I I think Arkansas State considers this a rivalry game. So um, some interesting angles there. And Kara and Evan will break it down. And then uh, Evan and I will get big picture on uh, what's ahead here for the Tigers with a four-game homestand now after two straight road games to begin the season. But let's start. With that Navy game, Evan, you were there in Annapolis. What to you was the most important thing that Memphis accomplished in that game outside of winning it? Like, what was the most important development that you saw uh, between game one and game two for Memphis uh, as it pertains to, you know, what they're trying to do this season? I think the big takeaway was the passing game looked more balanced. Um, We saw the drops. We didn't see a lot of separation against Mississippi State, but what I saw was an offense that looked, at least through the passing game, a lot more guys making plays. You saw Memphis trying to go deep and be more explosive. That was part of it, but what I liked was you saw Javon Ivory making catches. You saw Gabe Rogers making big plays. Eddie Lewis had a 50-yard catch in the first quarter that kind of helped set the tone a little bit. Uh, We got to see Joseph Skates get his first catch, first touchdown on that 75-yard bomb on Memphis's first play of the second half, uh, offensive play, I should say. Um, but just the balance on offense, I thought that was important because this offense, if it relies a lot, if it's going to rely on a lot of Seth Hennigan's growth, they need the receivers to step up and make plays. Caden Prescorn also had his first touchdown for Memphis tight end. Um, so I think that was the biggest takeaway for me was the passing game showed off the balance that they talked about. The receiver by committee approach was very good. Um Now let's see if that carries through because I think if this offense is going to be better than last year, it's got to have multiple guys 
step up. So I think that was maybe the biggest takeaway. I thought the defense also showed a lot. They held Navy to just barely over 300 yards or 314 yards. And really, 149 of those came on two drives. I mean, they really held uh, Navy in check in terms of just, you know, slowing down the triple option, having guys ready on third down to make big stops. Um, I thought Quinnell Johnson had a phenomenal game. Uh, Zay Cullens, uh, uh, Sincere Evans, Tyler Murray had great games at linebacker. We thought they wouldn't play. They were day-to-day. They played. I thought the defense, again, they showed a lot of bounce back, but also a lot of aggressiveness. They created three takeaways. So I would say the, the, the variety in the passing game and the defense being aggressive and creating takeaways, those are the two biggest things that I think Memphis needed to show to give people hope again after the Mississippi State loss. Yeah, it was. Uh, I just thought it was a very good performance all around by the team. Um, you know, that isn't a good Navy team, and they dominated them for most of the game. Um, and when it got close, like I thought the most impressive moment of the game for me was when Navy went on that long drive. Stand yep. the end of the end of the third quarter and then the beginning of the fourth. They score, they get within 10, go for two. You get the stop on the two-point conversion to keep it a two-score game. And then the offense took the ball and methodically went down the field um to put the game away. Um that felt like a big moment in the game, but also honestly to me. Big moment as this offense finds its groove with a new offensive coordinator and a lot of new targets, if you will, um, and 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 skill position players. Um, it just felt like Seth Hennigan and 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 Tim Cramsey really found a rhythm there. Um, I thought the screen call it was second and twenty-two. Looked like the drive might stall out, and Navy comes with an all-out blitz. And it felt like Tim Cramsey was reading their mind and calls this screenplay. And Seth Hennigan executes it really, really well, holding the ball till just the right moment. And they get a huge gain out of it. A couple big third down throws by Hennigan on that on that drive. Um, I I, that was where I go. Oh, like there's something there. Um, You know, they had a couple explosive plays in the first half, which was great to see, too. but they showed a variety of things in that game. Um, whether even the you know some of the dump downs to the tight ends, um, yeah. you know that's a nice little facet to the offense as well. Um, skates for the second game in a row uh, beats the secondary. This time it turns into a touchdown. The throws on the money. Um, so uh, some interesting, interesting things came out of that Navy game, especially offensively. I don't know exactly what to read into the defense other than it was a an improved performance and they played well against the triple option. How that translates against tradition, more traditional offenses, you know, remains to be seen. I think Arkansas State will be a nice little litmus test um, of, you know, exactly where this defense is right now um, as a unit. But I think you're right. Quindell Johnson has really looked good here early. And it seems like um, the linebacking core, when healthy, has a lot of promise. Um, now, they're not, yes. not going to have Zay Cullens for the first half of the Arkansas State game because of the targeting call late against Navy. Um, but, um, you know, with Tyler Murray, with Sincere Evans, 
Um, the train, what's his name? Jeffrey Canton, Canton Arku. Is that Jeffrey right? Can- Jeffrey Canton Arku. Yep. Yeah. The Syracuse transfer seems like they got some nice pieces there in the linebacking core. Um, so, um, really, really, I just thought an encouraging performance, um, by Memphis. Now the run game didn't really get on track. Um, and Tim Cramsey earlier today, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, was talking about how, you know, I asked him like, what's, what's going on with the run game. And, and what he said is we're seeing a lot of stacked boxes. You know, he thinks teams are daring them to throw the ball in essence. Um, and you know, they took advantage of it against Navy, and uh, the, I think it's going to be on Seth Hennigan to take advantage of it in a lot of games here moving forward because I'm not sure, you know, I'm just not sure if they can rely on pounding teams, um, which I think is sort of sometimes what Ryan Silverfield wants to do. I think the formula that worked against Navy might end up being the formula for the remainder of the year. I totally agree with you. I think that was – the run game was – to me, the biggest disappointment, and I and I give a lot of um, blame in some way, if you want to blame, to the O-line. I thought they were getting a lot. They got a lot of pressure put on them. Uh, Seth Hennigan was sacked four times. There were not a lot of lanes to be run um, until that fourth quarter. Um, I, I just thought that was a little bit discouraging for me, and I think, like you said, you're facing a traditional team. That's something I'm a little bit more worried about. Um because, you know, the, the offense wants to be balanced. They ran about the same number of, of running and throwing plays, but they're not getting the production. And I think, to me, it's not – that game, at least what I saw, it wasn't the backs. It was more the O-line struggling against Navy, just creating a lot of pressure and just, you know, putting them on their heels a little bit. But I, I still am very concerned about that, and it's a concern that we've seen, frankly, since – the Cotton Bowl game, like it's been a concern. And I think um, you're, you're hoping that this weekend against Arkansas State, you see something to kind of give you a little bit more hope. But that does kind of concern you again that the same old issues came up, not getting a lot of lanes, not getting a lot of yards per carry. Um, same things coming up again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it's an interesting matchup against Arkansas State, the home opener. Um, we heard from Laird Veach this week, athletic director Laird Veach, that uh, he expects attendance will be on par with previous, you know, recent home openers that my guess is somewhere in that 35,000 range. Um, and, uh, you know, season tickets, same deal on par with where they've been. Um, so it should be good. It's, it'll be good to be back in Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium for the first time with its new name. Well, I guess I was there for the Southern Heritage Classic this past right. week. I can confirm concerns. When the city announced some of the the stuff they did to the Liberty Bowl this offseason or Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, among them included a mention of red paint, you know, repaint. I can confirm, at least on the like when you're looking out onto the field at at the stadium, like everything kind of looks the same, except there's a brand new turf field. There's no I don't see I didn't see any red paint anywhere. Still blue, still blue and white and gray, mostly. So it still looks like a football field, basically. It looks the same old field, except it's not a lot brighter with that 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 new color on the turf. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. You know, they, they painted for the Southern Heritage Classic. They'll have to paint paint back for Memphis. Uh, I'll be curious to see how all that works out. But um, should be a lot of fun uh, this Saturday. Uh, Evan talked to Kara Ritchie from the Arkansas State Football Radio crew. She does the pregame show. 
uh, over there in Jonesboro to give us a, a better sense of what Arkansas State is bringing to Memphis. They lost to Ohio State this past week. Um, so without further ado, here's Evan and Kara. All right, everyone. Thank you all for tuning in to the Tigers football podcast. We are joined by a special guest. Um, I've actually been on her radio show, so I get to return the favor and invite her to our podcast. Uh, Kara Ritchie, uh, Kara, remind me the radio station you work for in uh, Arkansas. Well, I pull double duty Monday through Friday. I'm with the Ticket Radio Network, which is our local sports station. And then on the weekends, um, I'm part of the Arkansas State Football Game Day crew. I host the pregame network coverage. And then I also, for home games, host a uh, postgame call-in show as well on 107.9 K-Fine, which is the flagship of Arkansas State Athletics. Everyone, letting you know, Kara is an authority on Arkansas State. She has got the team covered. Um, as well as the beat writers. So we're happy to have you on here today, Kara. So I want to start off. Um, I noticed Arkansas State kind of reminds me a little bit of Memphis, kind of looking over some stuff here. Um, they had a great game against an opponent in Grambling. Memphis just getting over a great win over Navy. And then against the Power Five team, had some struggles against Ohio State this past weekend, just like Memphis did against Mississippi State two weeks ago. So I'm curious, what's kind of the vibe around the program with this team kind of having, you know, a great first week and a little bit of a struggle against obviously one of the best teams in the country. There is a little bit of an unknown feeling, but there is also a little bit of a positive feeling as well. Um, unknown in the sense that, you know, in week one, barring something catastrophic happening, Arkansas state was going to beat Grambling in week two, barring something absolutely incredibly excellent happening. Arkansas State was going to lose to Ohio State. So now you're kind of into the games where it's, it doesn't feel quite as scripted as far as the outcome. Uh, you, could, you could play well and get a win. You could go in and play, play, play poorly and get a loss. So there is a little bit of that feeling that we really don't know what this Arkansas State team is, is going to be about this year. Is it going to be a good feeling or, or, or a bad season? Um, on the flip side, um, I know people on the outside will look at a 45 to 12 score uh, against Ohio State and think, all right, well, that's a thrashing and it's it was a bad game or whatever. But yet, strangely enough, I can find so many positives from that game. And one of the reasons for that is flashing back to last year when A-State played a, a power five opponent in Washington. It was a very, very bad, no good, terrible game. And I don't know if there are any positives I could take from that one. So I, I can find positives in the Ohio State loss. I think a lot of people in the fan base can as well. So so while there's still an unknown feeling, there is not a there's not a sense of foreboding, I think, with this team right now. It's unknown, but good things can happen. For sure. Awesome. Well, I think speaking of of our of, uh, State's fans, I know Memphis fans um, remember last year's game. We were there, obviously. It was a, a game where Memphis got out really quickly, looked like it would just run away with the game, and then all of a sudden James Blackman gets to cooking, and it ends up being 55-50 work because I'll say it had a Hail Mary with a chance to win it. I mean, it was a, a game that was a very uh, – Strange game, I'll say, but it was one that people, a lot of people were probably excited about more so on Arkansas State side. Um, defensively, I think Memphis fans would be curious, has Arkansas State's defense given people a little bit more uh, confidence this year than, say, last year? I think so. One of the issues with A-State last year, the, the huge, huge, huge Achilles heel was the tendency to give up explosive plays. 
Um, this team would play well for, for a couple of downs. And the next thing you know, the opposition would hit you with a 45 yarder. And it was particularly poor against the rush. Although um, I'm going to go on, on a limb and say a state was the only team in the country last year to give up both a 99 yard uh receiving in a 99 yard rushing touchdown. They allowed both of those on defense. Um, and while that was obviously the worst example I could throw out there, there were just so many chunk plays that this defense allowed over and over and over again. And it was just, it was a backbreaker. Um, we did not see this defense allow chunk plays against Grambling State. Uh, this defense did give up some explosive plays against Ohio State. As you can imagine, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the real deal, but there. It just it just feels like this defense is playing better together as as one defense, um, able to get, you know, a little bit of pressure, able to play a little bit better on the back end. So there is I don't know if we've seen it, seen a lot of proof of it yet statistically, but there is a better feeling about this defense in, in 2022 than what we saw last season. Certainly. And I think one of the reasons for that is uh, Kevon Bennett, defensive end yeah. linebacker for you guys. I mean, Arkansas State, sorry. Um we, we heard Ryan Sewerfield mention that his availability, that he's very high on Bennett. He knows the offensive line is going to have to keep an eye on him. Um, what can you tell us about Kevon Bennett and kind of, you know, obviously his last name might bring some familiarity to some football fans, but what, what does he bring on the field? Well, you mentioned the last name. He is the son of Cornelius Bennett, who was pretty good during his day in the NFL. And uh, so Kevon Bennett has had some great tutoring from right in his own household. But you go back to last season, and defensively, there were not a lot of bright spots, but defensive end was definitely one uh, where Kevon Bennett held down one side of the, the end. And then Jojo Azugu, who eventually signed a free agent contract with the Bucks, was was the other um, in the NFL. But Kevon Bennett led the team in sacks. He led the team in tackles for loss. What was interesting is that A-State was going to move him to a linebacker in the offseason. And in fact, in the preseason, that's primarily where he worked. And it wasn't necessarily anything that was a huge adjustment for him. He played linebacker at Tennessee. Um, he's played a lot of different spots on the defense throughout his career. So he was able to get acclimated to it really quickly. But due to some, you know, departures and some depth issues and some other things, A-State has kind of used him in a, in a hybrid role this year, just depending on what scheme they've thrown out there for the defense. So you're probably going to see him Saturday at defensive end some. But then also, depending on the scheme, if A-State goes with a three-man front, you're probably going to see him at, at linebacker as well. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly where he ends up and, and for how many snaps, because we've seen a little bit of both from Bennett so far this season. Definitely. And I think with the fact that Ryan Silverfield mentioned him by name, along with James Blackman, is something that Memphis fans are obviously going to have to keep an eye on him, especially for someone who has, you know, a little bit of NFL draft buzz with that last name. Um, one more thing for me, I was looking over some of the offensive stats. Um, we know Arkansas State's always had good receivers who just flourished in this offense. Sure. Champ Fleming seems like he's that guy. He's got back-to-back 100-yard games. Um, what makes him so dynamic and just someone that, you know, obviously has kind of, you know, been an early beneficiary of this offense? Well, Champ Fleming is a, is a really interesting player. One, he's, he's smaller in stature. In fact, uh, both height and weight wise, he's, he's probably the, the smallest starter, I would say in division one football this year, he's five, six, about 145 pounds. So if you, and that's five, six with cleats on, by the way. So if you see champ Fleming's on the street, you're not going to think, Oh, this guy's going to go out and, and cook a defensive back on a Saturday. It's not going to jump off the page at you. But what champ Fleming's has is one is he has a lot of experience. He's an Oregon state transfer. He spent four years of his career there. He's played some really good competition. So he has a lot of 
um, experience. He has confidence in his ability, in his abilities, and he has a very high football IQ. But then two, he's got both speed and quickness. And what I mean by that is obviously he's got the the straight line speed. He's if he gets in a race with a defensive back, he's going to win. But then, and we saw this especially on display Saturday. He's got that that quickness to be able to you know juke out a defensive back and just be able to kind of shake somebody out of their shoes. We saw him pull off a beautiful move, a double move on Saturday in Columbus that just completely had the defensive back thrown off guard. Champ Flemings was able to turn it into an explosive play. And so he's just got, he's got two different weapons there uh, to help an offense succeed. And he's got great hands. I, I don't think he's dropped a pass or even looked remotely close to dropping a pass in these two games in an A-State jersey. So uh, just a lot of positives there. I said in the preseason, I would be driving the Champ Flemings bandwagon this year. And I, so far, I feel, I feel pretty good about it. Well, I think Memphis fans will be very curious again to see another receiver who might remind them in some ways of a, another small receiver that played between these two teams. Calvin Austin obviously had a great game last year. So yeah. definitely Champ Flames will be somebody that the, the Memphis defense will be keeping an eye on, despite the fact that if I saw him face to face, I could actually talk to him because I'm five seven. So, <laughs> but anyway, Kara, I really appreciate it. Again, looking forward to you know this this series. It's been fun. I know a lot of yeah. Arkansas State fans are going to probably make that drive from Jonesboro. So, um, real quick, are you imagining a lot of fans will make that drive? Because I know two years ago didn't have a lot of fans make that trip due to COVID. But you yeah. expecting a lot of fans to make that drive uh, across the border? I think it should be a pretty solid A-State crowd. Um, I feel like the A-State fan base as a whole kind of dealt with a double whammy in 2020 and 2021. Obviously, you had COVID. So just in general, people weren't going out as much. But then, you know, those two seasons were, were two of the poorest seasons in, in recent memory. So you didn't have a huge amount of excitement to get back to football, even though you could in 2021, because it was a two-win season. I think with the way A-State has played in these first two games, coupled with the fact that it's it's an easy trip, um, we could see a, a good amount of the, the A-State faithful show up. I had somebody sent me a message today that said, hey, you know, what's the A-State section? I want to get tickets. So uh, we'll see, but I, I'm hopeful. Definitely. So we're looking forward to that game on Saturday. I know um, it's going to be a very fun game. I know it's a good rivalry game. Obviously, Arkansas State, they love that rivalry. Memphis fans, they're sure they're going to be hearing some stories as well. So I'm excited to see this game. And obviously, you know, if it's anything like last year's game, we'll all be in for a lot. But let's hope it's maybe somewhere in the middle where we can ease our nerves or at least enjoy a good night at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. So, Kara, thank you so much for breaking it down. Looking forward to seeing you out here on Saturday. Hey, that sounds like a plan. Thanks so much for the invite. Enjoyed the chat. All right. Our thanks to Kara Ritchie of the Arkansas State Football uh, Radio Network over there in Jonesboro for giving us the lowdown on Arkansas State. Evan, your impressions based on your conversations with Kara, what you've heard from the coaches, your impressions of this matchup against Arkansas State. Yeah, I think the one thing everyone is wondering is if we're going to have another 55 to 50 uh, wild game like last year. And I don't think we're going to get that. I It seems like from what Kara said, the Arkansas State defense has gotten much, you know, is getting a little bit better. They're not giving up a lot of like big plays as they were last year. If you remember that game, Brandon Thomas gets out the gate. I think he had two 70 yard uh, touchdown runs. Calvin Austin had long plays for scores. It was basically a track meet up and down the field. Um, it sounds like Arkansas State has gotten much, much better on defense. Uh, Kevon Bennett, who we, we discussed, the son of uh, former 
Bill's legend, Cornelius Bennett, he seems like he's leading the terror over there as someone who's going to be wreaking havoc at DN and linebacker. So we'll see if this Arkansas State defense improved from being one of the statistically one of the worst in the country last year. So it sounds like defensively they've gotten better than offensively. Obviously, we know James Blackman is back, their quarterback that led the the rally against Memphis last year. Um, he's back. And again, I, I was interested that they have a five foot six wide receiver in Champ Flemings. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but if I see a receiver that I can look dead in my eye, I'm five seven. I'm like, ooh, what you got? What you bring to the table? But like Kara said, he's a quick guy. He's got a lot of speed. Um, he's already had back to back hundred yard games. I, I'm really curious to see how Memphis handle somebody with a little bit of speed that kind of, you know, might not remind of Calvin Austin right away, but has that, that Calvin Austin like speed uh, intangible, if you will. So uh, that was kind of my takeaway. So we'll see how this game goes on Saturday. Yeah. Well, Memphis uh, opened as a 13 and a half point favorite. That line is moved as of right now, Tuesday to 14 in a lot of places, some, some 14 and a half. Um, so they are a basically a two touchdown favorite. The Tigers are against Arkansas State, and and frankly, you know it's interesting. It's the start of a four game homestand. That's kind of the flip side of having <laughs> to play two road games to start the year. Now the Tigers are going to be at home for a month, and the first three games really feel like an opportunity for the program. You got Arkansas State this Saturday, followed by North Texas followed then by another conference game at your first conference home game against Temple. I think Memphis is going to be favored in all three of those games. They're already favored against Arkansas State, and I expect they'll be favored against North Texas and um, Temple at home. And then you get, at the fourth home game, a nationally televised Friday night game on ESPN against Houston. Um, And so I think there's a real opportunity here for the program to gain some momentum um, if they can get to that Houston game four and one, it, it really feels like they could generate some some excitement um, more so than what, you know, it just feels like, while I'm sure a lot of the people listening to this podcast are diehard Tiger fans are going to support the program through and through. I think we'd be naive to suggest that, like, you know, ultimately you need to, you know, when this program is at its strongest is when kind of the casual Memphis sports fan is involved as well. And I, one, of the, one of the things that has been, I guess, disconcerting the past couple years is it felt like the program had, that, had captured the attention back in 2019 of, of that portion of the community. And the, its grip on that has lessened with time. And, um, you know... I think this is a real opportunity to grab people's attention again um, because you should be 4-1 and one going to that Houston game. And, oh, by the way, Houston hasn't looked like a world beater in its first two games. Um, you know, it needed it barely got by UTSA. And I'm not saying UTSA is bad, like they beat Memphis last year, but it was a really close game. And then they lose a close game to Texas Tech, who's not, a you know, an unranked Big 12 team, you know, kind of a – you know, middle of the pack, bottom half of the Big 12 team. So, um, you know, and if you look throughout the AAC, UCF was very unimpressive at home, losing to Louisville this week. Um, Cincinnati looked pretty good against Arkansas, even though they lost in week one, but you don't have them on the schedule. 
Um, you know, ECU looks solid. That's a that'll be a tough road game, but like it just doesn't seem that daunting now that you're done with that those first two road games, the schedule. And um I you know, it just feels like to me one of the things we've talked about heading into this season is how kind of the momentum of the program had stalled. And that was one of the biggest issues facing Ryan Silverfield. Well, this feels like right now their best chance to generate some real momentum um, because I just look at it the way it all lays out. There's no basketball going on yet. You've got everyone. You've got everyone's undivided attention here. If you can, if you if you make the right moves and win these three games and maybe win them with some style, um, I think there. I think there's a real chance here for Tiger football to generate some some really good momentum. I think so too, and I think if you're if you're Memphis football, that's kind of what they were talking about after the game. I think you know Ryan Sorfield, Quindell Johnson, um, they both were talking about how they were they were anxious to get back home. Quindell Johnson was basically saying, you know, he would love to see you know more fans at the game after you know this past week, obviously being rough in the city, but also with a game like that against Navy, you want to see more fans be ready to support you. And I think I saw even a few. Tigers players, uh, Cameron Jackson, defensive tackle, talking about Pac the Liberty, you know, Pac Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. There's there's an understanding that they know that these next three, this next game is important for the home opener, but these next three games I feel are really key because again, you're favored, you're gonna have you know a lot of momentum, you got a chance to really kind of give yourself for the first time really in almost you know, you know maybe maybe two and a half years. You got a chance to kind of, you know, get rolling, get people excited, and you really want to make sure you're at your best for this Houston game. Um, but I think, again, you look at the schedule, you look at how they played against Navy, you want people to feel excited about it when you come home. So I think that's going to give Memphis a little bit more juice because, like you said, this I feel like this is the stretch where Memphis has to take care of business because you have a real good chance to, you know, make the most of it while you're home. And then when Houston comes on October 1st, you got, or excuse me, October seventh, I believe. You got a chance to make a big statement. So yeah, take care of business this week because it could set off a really good stretch that you need to kind of, you know, build some positivity that's been really kind of missing the last two years. So obviously, you know, an important stretch, Evan, here coming up for the Tigers. That'll do it for us this week. We will be out at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium on Saturday night, providing all sorts of coverage of the Tigers' home opener against Arkansas State. Also, uh, some interesting content coming to you ahead of the game as well. Um, will be interesting to see uh, how the Tigers follow up uh, what they did at Navy. Till next week, I was Mark. That was Evan. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, get. hope you're ready for some good tailgating. It should be fun on, on Saturday. Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal, 